0: Hello, and welcome to the first episode of the Angry Feminist Geek podcast. I'm Amy, the editor-in-chief of Angry Feminist Geeks, and for our first episode, Tracy, who is the co-founder of Angry Feminist Geeks, and I discuss why skyrocketing Broadway ticket prices are problematic, especially with shows such as Hamilton, which receive tons of praise for being diverse or showcasing stories which aren't usually told. Please check our site, medium.com slash angry-feminist-geeks, for additional information, including links to our sources and further written discussion of this topic. And now, on with our show.
1: Hamilton is a huge deal right now in not just the Broadway world, but in the music world. They just won a Grammy for Best Musical Album. Um, They're pretty much everywhere Teenagers are listening to them, it's a Broadway play about the Founding Fathers, specifically Alexander Hamilton, set to hip-hop music, and it's a really fantastic soundtrack, not that I'm trying to plug them in any way, but um, I was kind of listening to them and really obsessing over it, and I looked up tickets just for the hell of it to see if I could go, and found that the lowest-priced ticket was $600. I remember when
0: Book of Mormon was really popular. I don't even know if it's still playing, because I'm terrible about following Broadway. I think it is. But, um, so I wanted to buy Book of Mormon tickets a few years ago, and it was the same thing. Like, I couldn't find a ticket that was less than several hundred dollars, and I was like, I live all of three hours from the city, and I'm literally not going to be able to see
1: this, like, landmark show. Right. And... It's, it's not a case of, oh, Broadway's always been super expensive, you just gotta suck it up and save up and hope you can go someday, because I remember being in high school, and for those of you that don't know, my 10-year reunion just happened, so it's not like I was in high school 30, 40 years ago. Um, but we were able to get tickets for rent, which was super, super popular, for 50 bucks.
0: Was that a special student price? Do you have any idea?
1: I don't know. I don't think so, because I remember going to see it with just me and one other person at some point, and I was able to afford it on a college budget. So oh, okay. I'm assuming that it wasn't more than $100 for a ticket.
0: For those of you who may not be aware, um, the really groundbreaking thing about Hamilton is that it was, um, it was colorblind casting. So what that essentially means is all of the Founding Fathers were obviously white.
1: And the cast is not. (laughs) Uh. Right. The cast has exactly one white male character, and he's the king of England. (laughs) Yeah. So.
0: So, the really cool thing about that is there's this, um, this idea in psychology. The actual term is getting away, is, like, completely gone from my head. But basically, part of being able to picture yourself as something in the future is being able to see someone who looks like you that you can identify with doing that thing already. You might know what the, what the official term is for that.
1: I don't know what the official term is, but I know that it's spoken again and again how representation is important. And um, an example of this is when they cast a black female actress on Star Trek who then inspired one of the first black female astronauts. Um, in NASA right. and so when you have a play this monumentally important that has great representation for teenagers who are really into this play who usually don't get to see themselves on Broadway as anything, especially a historical piece because usually when, when you have people of color in a historical piece they're delegated to servants and slaves and the, the main character of Alexander Hamilton is played by a Latino guy. Um, yeah. So to have something this, this fantastic and have so much representation that is then unable to be seen by the very people who should be seeing it the most is heartbreaking.
0: Right. So the Rockefeller Foundation, apparently, is... I don't know if, if you saw um so yesterday when or the day before whenever it was that Tracy stumbled upon these ticket prices she screenshotted a picture and posted it to her Facebook mm-hmm. and it sparked a little bit of a conversation and somebody mentioned that the Rockefeller Foundation is paying for something like 20,000 students who live in the city to go see this show in 2017 which is a year away and Correct me if I'm wrong, but with Broadway shows, the original cast doesn't necessarily stay in that show very long.
1: No, not usually. Um, Especially, I'm assuming, with this one, because the main character is actually the creator of the show. He wrote and composed it. So he also wrote In the Heights, and I think he was the main character in that, too, and then left it in order to create other things. Um, A lot of the times it becomes really cumbersome to say to stay in a Broadway play because right. they literally perform, like, six days a week and sometimes twice in a day. So it's really exhausting.
0: Yeah, um, so they're doing seven or eight shows a week, and that's a huge time commitment because you're not just doing the show.
1: Yeah, and because this is such a popular show, they're also going on major network TV to promote it. They've been on, like, talk shows and, um, like... Lynn who is the, the creator of the show, he was recently on, I think it was um, Jimmy Fallon. So, like, they're, they're not only doing seven or eight shows a night, they're also going, and they're going on late-night talk shows. And then they do this thing called Ham for Ham, which is they do, like, little performances out on the streets before the shows, too. So it's constant work and exhaustion and so they don't usually stay for more than a year
0: right so by 2017 when disadvantaged students are able to go with this rockefeller foundation promotion there is a
1: chance that the cast is less diverse right And, um, well, I don't think it would be less diverse because one of the speculations for the casting of the parts is that they have to be people of color. Like that's one of the specifications, which is why this is such a fantastic play, but it's still, a lot of the teenagers are so obsessed and excited with the play also because of the specific actors that are in it. And while seeing the play at all would be great... It's not exactly the same as seeing it with the original cast. Right. Because it's, everybody performs differently. Right. Um, and I think that it's also really important to point out that New York City has a population of over 7 million people. And you're talking 20,000 disadvantaged students. That's not nearly all of the students who are disadvantaged. So you're talking a select amount of students who are just lucky enough to be chosen to go.
0: Yeah. Well, and it's it's not even 20,000 across all grades. It's 20,000 students who happen to be 11th graders next year.
1: Right. And usually by 11th grade, you've already had a bunch of students who have dropped out of school, especially in low-income schools that have the lower graduation rates because they really see what's the point.
0: Yeah, well, especially in the spring semester, because even the kids whose birthdays are late will have turned 16 by
1: then. Right. So, it's really just a disadvantage that you finally have something that's so representative of a population that really, in performative art, like Hollywood and Broadway and even the music industry to an extent, don't get this representation they finally have this representation and they can't afford to go because the prices are skewed towards the rich 1%. Yeah,
0: I mean basically $600 for the cheapest ticket. That's just a spectacle for rich white people to go watch a bunch of right. a bunch of black people pretend to be the founding fathers.
1: Right. So so you have these shows and it's not the first show that has, you know, specifically told stories of the poor or the Disadvantaged or People of Color. So basically you're having Broadway shows that are showing the stories of poor people, but they're basically saying that they're not meant for poor people. So poor people are okay to use to sell tickets, but they won't be able to buy the tickets. It's not great. No, it's, it's really unfortunately a really broad <laughs> topic in terms of how our country is handling things because you see that all across the country it's really making Broadway out to be this elite club where if you're not rich enough which a lot of the times translates into you're not white enough yeah um, you cannot go see it so we're going to throw it in your face that this is really popular and this is fantastic, but we are not going to give you the opportunity to see it. And I know that there's a lot of arguments that there's a lotto held every day for people to be able to get front row tickets for very cheap prices. Um, but if you think about the, the sheer number of people who wanna see. Well not to mention Hamilton. it's
0: not like it's a lottery where you have to make under a certain income to enter. They're right. not they're not asking for your W twos or your tax return or your last paycheck to make sure that it's going right. to somebody who really needs to have a free or low cost ticket.
1: Right. So you've got people who really could afford to have a regular ticket who really want these seats because the front row. It's not just here we're holding a lottery for a ticket to get in, period. It's the front row. So it's going to be desired by everybody. Yeah. And the odds of somebody... Who, who
0: has a legitimate need... Yeah. Actually getting a ticket, it's two seats out of how many in the theater per show?
1: Right. And um, there was an article I read the other day that talked about the rising costs of Broadway and why prices have skyrocketed and a lot of the arguments that people who don't do the research make is that you know live performances are expensive you have to pay the musicians every night to play because it has to be live music you have to be able to pay for the headliners who like when Hugh Jackman performs in a play you have to be able to pay his salary and yes that's that's a monumental you know, I don't know why I keep using the word monumental, but whatever. It's a huge cost. But the real reason for this skyrocketing ticket price is because the producers of these shows discovered that if they name a price, somebody rich will pay it because they want to see the show. So these tickets that, by the way, one of the tickets on sale for Hamilton was $1,800. These tickets that are on sale for those prices are strictly on sale for those prices to get rich people to pay that kind of money and increase their profits. It's not to cover extra overhead.
0: I would be curious to see how much the overhead is and what... Like, what the salaries actually are. And are the actors... See, I know... I feel like freelance musicians aren't paid per show if it's a show that's actually picked up and is Mm going to play for a long time. Like, there's no way that they're going out and asking musicians the day of, like, ooh, can you be in our pit again tonight? Like, oh my god.
1: I don't think they're freelance. I think they get contracted for a certain amount of months for the show. Like, the way they make contracts with the actors,
0: I think it's still technically considered freelance, but it's not, like, a per-show rate. It's a longer... Right.
1: Um, like, you you play for these three months and you get $20,000. Yeah, I'm something pulling, like that. I'm pulling that number out of my I have
0: a feeling $20,000 is way more than anybody in that right. pit is making... <laughs> I, I would, be amazed. I would be amazed if they're <laughs>
1: making, like, five or $600 right. a week. And a lot of the times when you hear about what chorus line actors are making that really just play the ensemble they're not making huge amounts either a lot of them have second jobs to cover rent in new york city
0: yeah i'll have to i'll have so, to ask around about that because i feel like i probably know people who would be able to give us some sort of
1: figure that'd be fantastic for part two
0: yeah part but. two <laughs> part two how much do people actually make on broadway
1: At the end of the day, it's still an issue that the people who the stories are about cannot afford to see the stories. Yeah. Is what it boils down to.
0: Yeah, the people who could get the most from the experience. Although, seeing a bunch of people of color doing things that people of color aren't usually doing is probably beneficial to white people as well, because... But they are at least seeing something that doesn't jive with the stereotypes they're used to.
1: Yeah. That's, that's very true. I mean, representation isn't just important for the people it's representing, but it's important for the people it's not representing because it sends a message as well. Yeah. Um, I mean, you can just look at the, the repercussions of constant whitewashing everywhere it has a very negative fe- effect on everybody. people of color seeing not themselves on
0: there. Racism so. hurts everybody, folks. It really does. <laughs> <has. laughs> the
1: moral of this podcast. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it, it's just, it's very, it's very disheartening. Um, and as a teacher, it bothers me that these prices are so high because you've got a play that is a historical play is super, super popular with teenagers right now who are supposed to be learning about American history in school, they have this outside source that could actually teach them something in a way that
0: they're interested. Right,
1: and motivate them to learn more because I can't tell you how many people I've seen on Tumblr who found out that this play was based on a biography about Alexander Hamilton who wanted to go and buy the biography to listen to it. At, to listen to it, to read it, or listen to I it mean, if it's, it's not an audiobook, audiobook. I mean. um, to read it. And most high school students are not going to be able to, even if they're working, even if they're like 16, 17 years old, working every day for their minimum wage job, they're never going to get up enough money to go see this play. That could teach them something.
0: It's crazy to me. Yeah. Absolutely crazy. What was that site where you were seeing those... Was that, like, the official Hamilton box office website, or...?
1: That was StubHub. And StubHub is supposed to be where you can find tickets cheaper. Because they're resale, they're usually last-minute ticket sales, because people are unable to go and they just want some of their money back. Um...
0: Did you check the actual... Like, does the box office... I've never
1: bought Broadway tickets. Does the box office sell tickets online? They do. Um, The problem with Hamilton is is that Hamilton sold out until November. Oh. Mm Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, so basically somebody bought out the box... Do we have a way to see how much the... Like, did you see how much the original box office tickets are supposed to be?
1: I did not, but I can tell you from looking at other plays that are less popular that it's still extremely expensive, Um, I was looking at the tickets for Disaster Movie, and I think the lowest cost ticket on that, don't call me on it, it, I know it was over a hundred, and that was for, like, the really crappy, like, mezzanine tickets, and I, I know they're really crappy mezzanine tickets because, or I know the seats are really crappy because it's in the Nederlander Theater, which is where Rent used to be. Oh, okay. So it's where I sat. Um, but I remember, um... Being in college, and I think it was my sophomore year, so we're talking like 2006, maybe 2007, um, I went to go see Rent with my then-stepbrother and stepmother, and the tickets that we got were orchestra seats pretty close to the front, and they were like $108 each, orchestra tickets. So the mezzanine was close to like 60 $70. And now... Those same orchestra tickets in some shows are, like, $500, 600 if not more, depending on how popular the show is.
0: It's unfathomable
1: to me. Right. For a show that's, like, three hours long, if that. Right. And the only reason... Well, I don't want to say the only reason, but I've I read some stuff that says that the reason why there are things like the Rockefeller Foundation bringing the 20,000 students and the lottery for the front row seats is because the cast really pushed for that accessibility. And so you had to have a cast push for that accessibility for it to happen. And it's not even a really super inclusive accessibility.
0: Who is... like? Obviously, there there are some recognizable names in Hamilton, but who out of that cast? Because I haven't I haven't looked at who's mm-hmm. in the cast. I just I've heard about it. I know the phenomenon that that has become Hamilton. Um, <laughs> but so I mean, are there any super recognizable names in that cast? Um, I you know I feel like I who, mean it's not like he- Hedwig where it was Neil right, Patrick it's Harris headliner. We're
1: not talking like Hollywood actors. They're all Broadway actors. Um, most of them aren't super well known. they if you look them up, they're known specifically because of Hamilton. So like they're superstars now, but before the show, they weren't really superstars. Um, Lynn Manuela, he's, he's a superstar because he was previously in, in the Heights, but I think he's the most recognizable. Um, and then Jonathan Groff, who is, who plays the King of England, but he's been, his claim to fame is he guest starred on Glee. Like oh, wow. Outs, outs yeah, outside that's of, like not... Right, outside of Broadway, I mean, he <laughs> guest starred on Glee. So, so
0: nobody there is breaking the
1: bank in income, probably. Right. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, a couple of them have been in other Broadway plays, but I don't think they were in, like, the original cast of things. I know that... The woman, whose name escapes me, but who plays Angelica, um, Angelica Schuyler in the play, she Mm -hmm. was formerly in Rent for their last run on Broadway.
0: Okay. But like
1: the, we're talking Broadway stars. We're not talking like, oh my God, this is a play starring Hugh Jackman or yeah, it's nobody demanding half a million dollars for the run or like Shia LaBeouf or anything like that. I Shia LaBeouf was in a couple plays, but I mean like
0: <laughs> but, <laughs> I somehow don't see Shia LaBeouf demanding huge amounts of money either though.
1: Right. He's he's in that like artsy phase. It's I'm like, pretty
0: sure that he would he would be willing to like act in my street theater for free.
1: Right. And if make I make really it like wanted an art yeah. project thing, right? But but that's that's what we're saying. It's not like huge headliners and it's eighteen hundred dollars.
0: Yeah, it's not a million dollars right. an episode for the cast
1: of friends. It's Right. <laughs> exactly. So there's not really an excuse other than it's a really well, popular hub
0: that markup from a couple hundred dollars for a regular ticket to eighteen hundred dollars for a good ticket is a scalper. Right. And so it's some anonymous third party making a ton of money, right? In and addition to the original, and even if insurmountable cost, right? <laughs> <laughs> and and it's like sold it's out. bad, and then, and then scalpers are just making it like so much worse.
1: Exactly, and you really can't get tickets outside of StubHub right now because it's all sold out until November. My roommate looked on there on the Broadway site because she was trying to get um, tickets for her and her daughter. And they were legitimately... There weren't the next she put in um, because you can put in a date area that you want to get a ticket for. And she put in April. And what it'll do is it'll show you the next available show to your date. And when she put in April, it gave her November. (laughs) That's crazy. So, yeah. So either... It's really, really popular, and people just bought out the tickets, even though they were really expensive, or it's really, really popular, somebody bought a ton of tickets to sell on StubHub and raise the cost.
0: I think it's probably a mix of the two. Right. If I had to guess. I do know that there's been a problem with, um, like, the Miley Cyrus shows, Mm -hmm. where she set her, her... Her tour price is, like, low. I think, it, I think I heard somebody say, like, $30 a ticket. Mm-hmm. But her tickets were selling out immediately and then being put up on StubHub
1: for hundreds of dollars. Right. And I could see that. I know they were having problems with that with, like, baseball games. Because the same problems were happening. Especially, like, high-profile baseball games or super, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Popular teams, like Yankees games, they right. were having that problem with it. Um, I'm sure
0: Subway Series
1: games are ridiculous. Right. Um, but you can't discount that as part of the problem. It's absolutely problematic part of the problem. For people who should be able to access these shows. Because even if a third party... And the party- thing is,
0: there's no incentive for the people selling the tickets the first time to police that at all, because they're making their money. Right. They don't care if there's no body
1: in the seat. Right. And it really... And, and you're exactly right. It It's not taking money away from them because their tickets are still getting sold. And if if they're anything, they're out... probably
0: making more money because right. they're selling out regardless of whether there's
1: a body to fill the seat. So there's nobody really looking out for the little guy. The consumer. Guy.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, the consumers are on their own. <laughs> and in this case, with a show like Hamilton, the consumer is... I mean, would ideally be people who were already being crapped
1: on. Right. Right. And stylistically, everybody creating some type of art form, whether it's a movie, whether it's a play, the choices you make for how it's portrayed are very deliberate. So it was a very deliberate, conscious choice for them to make these main characters be people of color, even though historically they're white. Yeah. So for them to go through that stylistically, importantly, make these people be the leaders of such a popular play and choose a musical genre to portray the story, because they use hip hop, which is a black art form to convey the story and then make it so the very people whose artistry is being used are unable to see it for the most part. Because we're not discounting that there probably... I mean, not probably. There are people of color who are wealthy. Yeah. Like, that. There's, there's not any claim that there is an absolute... Every single wealthy person is a white person.
0: Right. It's the fact that the middle class and upper middle class and wealthy people of color have already kind of made it out of the cycle of not being able to picture themselves somewhere more successful than
1: poverty. (laughs) Right. And proportionately, the majority of people who are wealthy and upper middle class are white. And that's due a lot to, like, Legacy. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Which is a whole nother big...
0: That's a whole nother... Huge can of worms.
1: But... It is... It is very important to note that. That the majority... The poor population is disproportionately people of color. And that's who can't see the show based on music by black people portraying people who are historically white but wonderfully portrayed on screen as people of color like it's just the entire thing it's just it stinks
0: yeah it's beautifully packaged black culture explaining a a history that intentionally excluded them by making it inclusive instead
1: Mm -hmm. and then we're
0: still excluding most of the population that would appreciate it the most.
1: Right, so it's kind of like a bait and switch, in a way. Look, we are being...
0: Look, we're doing what what you enclusive. want us to do. We're, what you need us to do. Oh, but you can't come.
1: Right, <laughs> right. So, so yeah, ex- exactly. And I feel like it wasn't the intention of the creator or the actors who are portraying it that this is what's going to happen, but... It is what's happening.
0: Yeah, it's the ticketing system is just broken.
1: Right. And it's it's not to take away from, from Hamilton. I love Hamilton. I love the soundtrack. I love the premise. I love pretty much everything about it. It's not to say that this show is horrible or that the ac- actors and the producers are horrible people. It's not to say that whatsoever, but it is problematic the way this is being handled.
0: Yeah. So. And ladies and gentlemen, that was our podcast. Thank you so much for listening and I'll see you next week.